Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. To God in prayer with me, but I thought it was important, especially as we move into this brand new year, to do something that Methodists have done since John Wesley. And that was participate in a covenant prayer. Now, a couple years ago, I think we actually did a covenant renewal service. We're not doing that today, but uh, I thought it would be appropriate for us to lift up. John Wesley's covenant prayer. Now, my confirmation kids, they know this prayer because we say it every single time that we gather together. I say, RJ going, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I have the words on the screen for you so you can pray along with me. So let us go to God in prayer and lift up this prayer as we begin our new year together. I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Thank you. Today is Epiphany Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the new year. Yesterday was actually the day of Epiphany, which is the day that we mark and celebrate the wise men coming to Jesus and coming to Jesus and offering their gifts to him. It's also a way for us to remember that even at Jesus's birth, there was manifestation to the Gentiles, which if you're not familiar, that's us. (laughs) We We are Gentiles. We are not of the, the Jewish descent. Now, so there may be some of us who are Jewish who are here or who may be listening, but, but we are reminded that because of who we are, we were originally set out of what it was that was the plan for God's people. But because of the birth of Jesus Christ, we are now invited into this great love, this great mercy, this great gift that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. So our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or we'll have the words up on the screen for you to follow along with as well. Hear the word of the Lord. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? 
We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen which, when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, the wise men followed the star. We too follow that star, knowing that that star leads to Jesus knowing that that star helps us to see where our focus is in the midst of a busy world around us. And there were three things that I wanted to lift up that, that stuck out to me whenever I was going through this text. The very first thing is that God is very present in the world around us. God is very present in the world around us. And we see this through the life of the three magi. Now, I know. For some of you who have heard over and over again, well, we don't really know if there were actually three kings. No, we, we don't know. We don't know how many wise men came. It could have been one. It could have been 12. It could have been however many. But the reason why we stick to three is because of the three gifts that they brought, of the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. But there's a whole lot more to the three wise men than that. Now, now sometimes we, we, we tie the pull them together in one specific place, that they just came from the east. But, but really what the wise men tell us and to show us that the wise men connects us with the entire known world around us. At that time, there were three locations that were known when this passage was written. You had Europe, you had Asia, and you had Africa. And the three wise men shared and showed us that all of the world comes to the baby born in Bethlehem. I wrote down some of these notes just so you can hear. Uh, Casper, who is one of the three wise men, he is often depicted as a young man and sometimes representing the continent of Europe. And then there was Melchiah, who was traditionally portra portrayed as an older man, sometimes with a white beard, and he represents Asia. And then the third king, Balthazar, which is my favorite name of the three wise men, he is considered to be a middle-aged, 
black man, and he is said to have come from Africa. So you see how all of these have reached out to show that God wasn't just present there in Bethlehem or in Israel, but God was present throughout the entire world. And he called on three astrologers, if you will, as, as Wanda and I were talking about, uh, three astrologers to come and see this new baby. Not only to see this new baby, but to see the new king. A king that was there to not only save the people of Israel, but he was also there to save the entire world. So it makes sense that these three kings who, who are representing the entire known world at the time helped us to see that Jesus is for the world. Now, now the second part, I, I will admit, I have been praying about how to talk about this point because it can get a little confusing. So I, I'm, I'm bringing this little tidbit up because while it may be a little confusing this morning, I think it's going to help us as we look forward as a church and how we are to move forward as the body of Christ here in Royce City, Texas. Now, the phrase that I'm going to use is not going to be a very confusing phrase, but the way that I'm going to explain about it, it might be. And the second point is this, God's grace extends to all. Sounds simple, doesn't it? We all know that God's grace extends to all. But, but here's where the catch happens. Sometimes it is easy for us to, as a church to not allow the grace of God to extend to all. Sometimes we like to put up walls or, or barriers or, or markers saying that if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what you must do. When we take a look at the story of the wise men, that is what's happening. Herod knows that his kingdom, his rule is being threatened, so he is bringing in the wise men who have seen the star, who are planning on going to Bethlehem is saying, okay, I want you to go, but then I want you to tell me. Now, he, he secretly tells them that I want to go and worship them, worship this new king, but we all know what he wanted to do. He didn't want to go and worship Jesus. He wanted to go and snuff him out so that his kingdom would be set, that his kingdom would be the kingdom that would go on, and he would not be threatened by this new king. A church writer by the name of Deborah Hirsch, she uh, explained this to me once whenever I, I saw her speak, that, that we have two different ideas that are happening here. One is called a bounded set, and another one is called a centered set. And I have a picture here of what that kind of looks like. A bounded set gives us a, a, a parameter and what that parameter shows us, that if you are in the parameter, you are in. And if you are outside of that parameter, you are out. And the only way that you could 
be accepted or brought in is this, if you accepted and believed what it was that was inside of those parameters. It's static. There, there is no growth at all with the bounded set, and it brings an, an adherence mindset. And what I mean by that, it means that you're going to do what I say that you are going to do, or, or you will have nothing. Kind of sounds like what Herod was doing, wasn't it? That you are going to do what I tell you to do, or else you are going to be totally, totally excluded from my kingdom, the kingdom that Herod has set up. Now, sometimes we as the church, we can act that way too. We can say, you are going to have to do things the exact way that I am telling you to do it, or else you are out. You are not going to be a part of what it is that we are saying that God is calling us to do. But the fact of the matter is, what we see in the story of Epiphany, what we see in the story of the wise men, is that we are being called to be a part of a centered set. And what the centered set is that it says that the focus is on the center. And what do we see in the center? What? The cross. What we see in the center is the cross. And all activity, all focus, all, all movement is moving either towards the cross or it's moving away from the cross. It is dynamic. And one of the things that we see, because it is dynamic, it is always moving. Think about your own walk with Jesus. Think about how you move and how you exist in your relationship with Jesus. If you're like me, you can see that there are times where I am moving really, really close to Jesus, and I am, I am like fully clicking and fully moving on. And then I know that there are times where I feel like that I am moving backwards. I'm moving away from Jesus. And, and what helps me to stay reoriented or what helps me to see what it is that I am being called to do is that I turn my eyes back on Jesus back on to the cross, and I allow myself to move in that direction, listening to what Jesus has called me to do, listening to what it is that Jesus is leading me to do, and acting in that respect. The, the story of the wise men gives us a picture of what these two sets are, that is very easy to live within a bounded set saying that this is all that we're going to do and you're going to do it with us or you're going to be gone or really focusing on how can I live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Authors Michael Frost and Deborah's husband, Alan, wrote a book called The Shaping of Things to Come. And in this book, as they were talking about the centered set and the, uh, the uh, bond bonded set, they said this, for us, the center should be Jesus himself. The gospel is the central imperative for Christian 
mission. Since at the core of a centered set is Christ, the church should be concerned with fostering increased closeness to Jesus in the lives of all those involved. That is what we do. That is what we should do. We, 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 sometimes we get caught up in inertias of what, what the world is telling us and even what the, if you will, church world of this time and place that we are in telling us what we should do. But the fact of the matter is we as a church need to be fostering increased closeness to Jesus Christ and to allow his word to guide us, to move us, and Toledo, so that when we get closer to Christ, we should see and be and feel and act and look more like Christ. And that brings us to the final point that I wanted to bring up today, is that when we do all of this stuff, when we encounter Jesus, it sends us on a different way. When the three wise men had an encounter with Jesus as an infant, it sent them on a different way. It sent them to say, this is where you need to go because you cannot go back to Herod. If you go back to Herod, you, you will lead in a path that is not supposed to be followed. As we move into 2024, I believe that is what God is calling us to do. I believe that God is calling us to move in a different way. Now, let me be clear. That different way that we are supposed to move in has absolutely 100 every percent everything to do with following Jesus. And if we are not following Jesus, then, then we're going back and the way that we are not supposed to go. Everything that we do, the, the work, the mission, the ministry, the fellowships, the, the actions, all of those things must be about Jesus so that we may have life and have that life abundantly. That's why we come to this table we come to this table understanding and knowing that through the acts of communion, we have life through Jesus. We have life and have it abundantly because of the work that he has done and because of the work that he calls us to do. So we come to this table here at the beginning of 2024, and I pray that when you come, you say, God, I want to get rid of what's called the bounded set. I know that I, I do things that draw me close to you, but I want to make sure that when I do those things, I am moving toward you and not away from you. I am allowing your love and your grace through the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup to help me to reinvigorate, if you will, my life so that all that I do, all that I say, all that I am points myself and points others to Jesus. Let us pray.
Dear God, we thank you for the gifts of the wise men. And when I say the gifts, yes, we know the gold and the frankincense of myrrh, but we thank you for the gift that we can see how our lives are changed when we encounter Jesus. When we allow him to be the reference point in our lives, when we allow him to be our strength, our shelter. As Pastor Francis said in her prayer this morning, that the world is calling us to have all of these different identities. But when we come to this table and we hold out our hands and receive the gift of bread and cup, we know that our identity is in you. So strengthen us for this journey. Strengthen us for the days ahead and allow us to be strengthened by your love so that we may share that love with others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.